my robe. Oh, I've been pulling on the wrong side. <laughs> this is going to get hot fast. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Happy Life Day, or at least it was Life Day when we filmed this, and it's close enough. Still, it's the holiday season. Happy Life Day. Real quick before questions, we need to send a shout out and a thank you to Andy F., who joined our Patreon at the Jedi Council level. Thank you so much, Andy. We know you. We like you. Thank you for all the Tim Tams over the years. For our first question, Brandon Velasquez asks for our final predictions before the Andor season finale. All I care about is that B2 Emo is safe. That's my that's my prediction. B2 Emo will be safe at the end. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Our Our good, good boy is just happy. He's happy. He needs to be happy. I hope he reunites with Cassian in some way. Um, let's throw out some other things that we've predicted in the past. Uh, I want the time grappler to do something. I think we've been saying since we saw him in episode two, like, mm -hmm. let's see him in battle. <laughs> yeah, we've never seen him do anything other than time grapple. Well, that's his job, <laughs> and he loves doing it. Yeah. So, And he's good at it. Yes. Yeah, no, I would love to see him do something. I just want Ferrix to get a win. I feel like Bix being tortured... Marva passing away, like, we need a win for Ferrix somehow. So I think we'll probably see this funeral go down. And, I mean, I, I imagine something crazy is going to happen on Ferrix because yeah. everybody is kind of headed in that direction. Yeah, we, we that's... I'm just predicting chaos. I mean, everyone is going there. All roads lead there except for Mon Mothma. Um, I, I think the big prediction i have right now is that you know cyril told dedra he would recognize uh axis's voice if he heard it again and knowing that they're both gonna go to ferrix like that feels like it's gonna pay off i i think cyril is gonna hear that voice and make that connection yeah uh yeah mon mothma's story seems kind of hopeless right now i i talked about it in the live stream i I think Lita is probably down for the idea of this arranged marriage because they keep showing how traditional she is and how, like, just re really by the book she is and how that's kind of her thing. She likes it. So it would be really sad to end that way, but I, 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 I see still, that happening. I'm still holding out hope that she finds another way. I, I think Vel has plenty of cash. She just needs to get to the Aldani money. But, like, I, I think that introducing the idea that Lita is into the traditions is kind of giving Mon Mothma permission to do that, but she knows it's the wrong decision. Mm -hmm. She knows that in the long run, Lita will not be happy. So I think it's such a great conundrum of like, do I sacrifice my daughter's future happiness for uh, the well-being of the rebellion and the entire galaxy in the end? Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm holding out hope that something else pops up, <laughs> yeah, or she figures something else out. Yeah, because otherwise it's going to be really sad for for her. Yes. <laughs> uh, something kind of more out there that I would love to see is like a little time jump at the end mm. to Yavin Four. I just really want to <laughs> see Yavin Four. Yeah, I think we'll spend plenty of time there next season. Uh, yeah, I don't know how far beyond ferrix will get but I'm, I'm excited to see everything on ferrix just the little glimpses of what we saw in the trailer it's like we know stuff's gonna go down just don't know 
out yet, and I am excited. <laughs> I also brought up the option of uh, the brick that they're turning <laughs> right. Larva into being actually being a bomb. That's a brick yeah. bomb. We we joked that like, what if that was in her her last will and testament was like, make my brick a bomb, and then we see Salmon Pack's son like throwing something. So brick bomb. <laughs> that, <laughs> Marva bomb. <laughs> I don't think that's likely. There are people have been throwing out the idea that Marva faked her death. I don't think that's the case. I I don't think so either. She like, was looking kind of rough. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think that she faked her death. Although when we were on the live stream, I was kind of seeing it more and more. <laughs> Three and a half hours in, we were like, well, maybe. Yeah, we started to get a little delirious. But I I don't think they're gonna show us like the trauma that they put poor B2 Emo through. Like, he was obviously sad, and he only has so much power to lie. Yeah. So I don't think he could have lied his way through all that. I think he was genuinely sad. Yeah. I think he needs to lead the attack uh, in in Ferrix and lead it with, for Mama Marva. <laughs> Just like, and then powers <laughs> down. It's kind of like uh, the hobbits in Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Like they, they're one of the first to charge out, but they just can't keep up, and everyone overtakes them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about L- Luthen being a secret Jedi or something? People have thrown. Uh, we're going to kind of talk about that in a future question, so we'll just we'll just save that. I can't. I can't with the Luthen Jedi uh, theories. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in the future. Omega Wolf wants to know if the acolyte will be close in tone to Andor. I think that that's likely-ish. I think we're going to find something in between, like, the Mandalorian and Andor. Only because Leslie Headland has talked about her Star Wars sensibilities. She is um, more of a fan, a classic fan, than Tony Gilroy, who, like, didn't grow up loving it. Um, but I think has found his love for it now. Mm-hmm. Leslie Headland, I think, is going to be more of a Filoni Favreau style of fan when it comes to creating. But I also think that just from what little we know about it, it will lean more serious than The Mandalorian. Yeah, I think not to get too off topic, but Tony Gilroy's ability to make Andor feel so different in tone. It is because he's not as immersed in Star Wars, and I think that's what we've been severely lacking in just all the content that we've gotten so far. Is like someone that isn't obsessed with Star Wars makes a Star War. Yeah, and, and just see what that's like. Yeah, and it's been great. So it, far. it has been, and that's I'm just so happy for the variety of of not just storytelling but also creators because like when Andor is over. I am going to be psyched to get back into just like the the good, fun, happy times of of Din and Baby Yoda. I still want to call him that. Of, mm-hmm. of Grogu and Din going across the galaxy, getting into little scraps and adventures. Like mm-hmm. that one is just a really fun watch every week. Oh, so yeah. I, I'm excited for that. And then when the Acolyte comes out, I think it's going to feel different as like a murder mystery kind of thing suspense mm-hmm. thriller not a political thriller spy thriller whatever they're called Andor, but just getting all these different sensibilities but if you're making a uh suspense thriller i think it is gonna lean a little more 
like I think it might be just a happy medium between the two because I think Leslie Headland is gonna want to bring in the pulp and the weird mm-hmm. of Star Wars more than Tony Gilroy. Yeah. Um, but I do think that the tone will be fairly serious. I, I think the tone's going to be similar, but yeah, because the story involves Jedi, it's ultimately going to feel more pulpy just with that fact alone. We're talking about Jedi and dark side stuff, light side stuff. Indoor doesn't really have any of that stuff. So similar in tone. We also, we did see Russian Doll. Uh, so I'm like mm-hmm. trying to think of other projects that Leslie Headland has worked on and we haven't seen too many other things that she's done really it's just Russian Doll that I know of and Russian Doll it like I don't remember the second season as much as I remember the first but it has a lot of humor in it yeah because of uh the main character I forget her name but Natasha Leon Leon yeah I don't know how to she her (laughs) character is just really funny and quippy so I would love to see that kind of translate into Star Wars-y stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point that Russian Doll does balance like some, it's dark humor, it's also just funny, and it has some very serious uh, stuff that it tackles. So yeah, maybe something along that line, um, but n- not so many F-bombs. Yeah. Brock Kloster and Really Good Username both ask if we'll be doing any coverage for Willow. So... Yes, a little bit at least. We're not sure how much yet. Um, it, it comes out on November 30th. We have been granted access to the screeners. We have seen three episodes. Uh, so we are going to put out a review video on November 30th. We can't really talk about it yet because the embargo is still... The, the social embargo is up, but not the review embargo. I don't know what that means still. <laughs> yeah. So like we can't get into details, but uh, yeah, we're, we're we going to talk about Willow. I think we can say how we feel about it so far. So far, I feel good about it. I love it. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. And I'll when we can talk about it more, it'll make more sense. Uh, but yeah, I, I want to do like a live stream just kind of covering the whole series yeah so we're definitely going to do a review on november 30th uh then we're going on a vacation for a little bit like we're, we're not going to be post andor vacation <laughs> yeah we're gonna have kind of a busy december um so i don't think we're gonna cover like every episode individually but i i know molly wants to talk about it so we'll, we'll probably do something definitely on november 30th and then maybe something else when it's all over yeah. And maybe something else in between. I don't know. And we know that our friends over at Casterly Talk yeah. are going to be covering it. And uh, Alden, I think, has taken a lead on that one. So, And he's already invited me to come talk about it. So I'm excited to do that. Go subscribe to Casterly Talk. Garth McMurray wants to know if THX1138 should be required viewing for George Lucas fans. Ooh, yikes. So this is, <laughs> this is coming off of uh, all of the prison stuff and how... THX inspired it felt uh, for George Lucas fans specifically I mean it does seem like if you if you love that man he only has uh, f- four, six movies that he has directed uh, feature length films so I'm like yeah I mean I don't want to say it's required that if you like George Lucas if you call yourself a George Lucas fan you have to see THX but it's definitely worth the watch if you like everything else he's done 
Yeah, I mean, I only said yikes because I myself have still not seen it. So that would make me a bad fan. Well, we, we this is not required viewing for Star Wars fans. It's just like the, I would never say anything is required viewing for any fandom, even Star Wars. Like if all you saw was the holiday special topical and you loved it and you told me that, I'd be like, hey, welcome to the Star Wars club. You're in. You're in. You made it. <laughs> if you can make it through that and like Star Wars, let me show you something else. Anything else. <laughs> yeah. So. I wouldn't say that anything is required viewing, but I, I do think that I'm glad that I've seen it. It's a weird, weird movie, mm -hmm. but just to understand, A, the kinds of films George likes, uh, that's really interesting. And also his politics and what he thinks. And he has said before, he kind of accidentally made a trilogy backwards and that if you go, if you watch Star Wars and then American Graffiti and then THX, it's kind of like when you're Star Wars is for when you are younger and you're getting ready to enter the larger world, and then American Graffiti is like this is the larger world, and then THX is kind of like you're an adult now, and this is what the larger world is like. Mm. Uh, he he has kind of described those three films as a trilogy of sorts. So yeah, watch all three of those at some point. Backwards or, or forwards? Ba backwards? Uh, Star Wars? Either first. way. I mean, I saw Star Wars and then American Graffiti and then T THX. So I guess I did watch it in like the yeah. age order. Right. <laughs> I just told everyone to watch all three of those as if they haven't seen A New Hope. But <laughs> <laughs> That would be impressive. Yeah. Scott Sith asks, what our favorite Thanksgiving meal dishes are, and which Star Wars group would we want to share a Thanksgiving meal with? I think my favorite Thanksgiving dish is uh, when you cook the turkey. You've, you've made the best turkey I've ever had. I, I do cook a mean turkey. <laughs> it's a mean turkey. Um, and I like turkey. It's not really my go-to, not even on Thanksgiving. Like, I like cooking mm -hmm. it. I like the process of like brining it and stuff, but I'm all about the sides. Yeah. I mean, everyone's got their favorite sides. Yeah. I, I just, I think I was never really a big fan of turkey and then you made that one and I was like, oh, turkey is great. <laughs> yeah. It can be moist. Yeah. You just got to try a little harder. Uh, but something that my mom made for us growing up was broccoli cheese casserole, mm -hmm. which people are usually, they hear broccoli and they're like, eh, broccoli. <laughs> but... It's really good, and trust me, there is broccoli in it, but you're not really going to taste it much because it is drowned in cheese and butter, and there's got like there's like a little crumbly uh, stuffing. Ritz crackers or something? Or is it stuffing mix? It's like stuffing mix that you buy in a bag, but in, you don't cook it. You just sprinkle it on top mm. for like a, a crust. It's so good. That's great. Uh, I really love Maddie Matheson's uh, creamed corn recipe. I've made that quite a few times. Uh, that's on YouTube if you want it. And I always like my parents uh, grew up in the Midwest. And apparently out there, it's a thing to make noodles and put them on mashed potatoes. So I always grew up having noodles for Thanksgiving, like homemade noodles. So that's kind of like my family tradition that is always fun to have. Yeah. What family would you want to be around for Thanksgiving? I mean, I think Baru probably makes oh. a, a good thanksgiving meal yeah i gotta i gotta give her some credit because she she looks like she was working hard in that kitchen 
I want to go to the Mothmas. I want to have Thanksgiving with Perrin. Not really like with Perrin. I just want to sit there like with my tea. Like That's that's a way better answer. Because yeah, then you get to be there for all of the snide uh, backhanded compliments and just conversation in general. They had that awesome bartender making cool drinks with or without the little squigs in them. I do want to try the squigs. I think I'd try that. But yeah, just being at a really fancy Coruscant holiday party would be great. Really fancy house. Also, the drama that we would just get to witness. And like you could probably say little things here or there Mm -hmm. to kind of set them off and then just sit back and watch. Do you think Slymore would be there? Maybe. That's, yeah. We still want to, we just want to see her. I just want to go and see Slymore. I just want to throw popcorn in her little outfit uh-huh. cone, her cone head thing her- <laughs> on to youtube questions mitch axness wants to know if luthan could be a former member of the guardian of the wills and we can throw in the jedi thing too here since mm. I, I made us wait but okay. uh i don't think so i really do get the sense that luthan comes from money i think he is affluent <laughs> yeah because he 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 must have grown grown up with it because he he knows how to put on that act or at least he he's been around it enough to to know how to just act like you belong act like you're rich on Coruscant um i just don't know that he has much of a noble background at all yeah he might just always have been kind of a a shady guy i definitely think that it's an interesting story idea of a a Jedi that survived Order 66 or maybe was close to a Jedi who died and was like, we got to fight the Empire. But if they were a Jedi and then they like really lost their way and how they went about that fight, I think that's an interesting story. I just don't really see it in the character. Uh, but there, I'm agreeing that there is evidence for it. He had that kyber crystal. He's got that wooden staff thing that I think is just his walking stick, but they did make a big deal out of it. Wasn't (laughs) wasn't his walking stick in his first episode, too? And we saw what it did. Yeah, I mean, it retracts like a lightsaber. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's all it is. But I mean, after seeing the Fondor and how it works, it's like dude's full of secrets. (laughs) And I like the way that they keep unraveling who he is slowly. Yeah. So I'm not going to say like... There's no way. I just right now don't see it or, or or think it's not true. He's kind of like Batman. And I think we've talked about this before where he just like has a lot of gadgets. Yeah. Has a lot of money. I mean, Batman wasn't a former Jedi. Like I don't I don't think Luthen was a good person to begin with. I do. But I like, think he wanted to do the right thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. I I really want to know where he came from, and I hope we get into that at some point. I don't know if there's time in the finale, but I want to know if he dies. Someone write a book. Like that's enough. I don't. <laughs> yeah. David asks if Lonnie Young could stay hidden in the Empire until Return of the Jedi. Like what if what if Luthen dies and then Lonnie is just like stuck in the ISB. And he's like, I have no one to talk to. I have no one to give information to. And now I'm just here. I mean, yeah, it's a steady job, I guess, for a new father. But that would 
That would be unfortunate. And I would hope that he would leave before we got to Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and I don't really see the Empire letting go of him either. It seems like one of those things that you're you're just stuck in this life now, no matter how you wound up in the ISB, whether it was to be a rebel mole or now you're just a member. It's like, no, you can't go. You're too valuable. You know too much. Yeah, and now I'm imagining if he at least made it around to A New Hope and was on the Death Star <laughs> when it exploded. No, Lonnie. <laughs> Lonnie, no. I hope not. I But but I don't think he is going to make it to Return of the Jedi. I think that... I don't think he's going to survive the series. Saying you're a new father, come on. That is a death sentence in most stories like this. Mm. Like They want to make you feel for him so that it hurts when he is taken out. Yeah. So that's that's where I see his story going. I don't know if it's going to happen this season or next, but that would be my guess. Literal Table 22 wants to know which Star Wars voice actors we would like to see in a live action role. Yeah, that's fun. And we have been seeing that happen more and more especially like The Mandalorian. Um I think Sam Witwer is an obvious choice. He's, you know, done plenty of Stormtrooper live action work, but even that's largely voiceover. Uh, Plus, we, you know, we know him. He's beaten me in trivia. No big deal. (laughs) So, like, he's a nice guy. I'd like to see him uh, get to play something. I was going to say him, too, because, yeah, he's had a lot of little roles here and there, but for him to get... A, a main character role would be really cool to see. Although, like, I don't think they're going to bring Starkiller back into canon. Mm. So it, it would feel a little bit, like, conflicting there, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think Vader's going to have a secret apprentice, but they did consider making Starkiller an Inquisitor for Star Wars Rebels, so I don't know. There's a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I have someone else, but you go I, ahead. Well, mine aren't necessarily them coming in as their own characters. Oh, no, it doesn't have to be. Okay, okay. Because I was thinking Seth Green would be a fun one. Yeah. Uh, Because he voices the little droid that Cad Bane has. Mm -hmm. Um, Who's, uh, oh my gosh, who voiced Sabine? Oh, Tia Sakaar. Tia Sakaar, because she she was in The Good Place, and she's done a good bit of, like, other acting. Mm -hmm. Some voice actors don't do a ton of on-screen acting, and that's fine. Oh, yeah, I feel like she has been appearing in more and more stuff. And I would love to see her come in, not as Sabine, obviously, because we've seen who has been cast as Sabine, but just as anyone else. That's I was going to bring up Ashley Eckstein, Vanessa Marshall, really anyone that was in Star Wars Rebels or prominent in The Clone Wars, James Arnold Taylor. Uh, we, we've got Matt Lanter. Uh, he had a little appearance, so... Even if it's just a little cameo thing, if Ashley Eckstein had a little role in the Ahsoka series, I think that would be nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so I, I'd be fine with absolutely any of them. D. Bradley Baker. Oh, yeah. That'd be a great one. Yeah. <laughs> Although his voice is so recognizable, depending on well, he can do any which voice, voice he wants. he's doing. He, he could play an alien that speaks like Appa from... Because uh, he does a lot of animal noises. Mm-hmm. So if he played an alien, but it was still him, but their language was just something wild. Mm-hmm. Like, that'd be fun. Yeah. Seth Weedman asks if we'll be covering more Indiana Jones content in the future. Ooh. So I already know right now 
that some Indiana Jones stuff dropped yesterday, yesterday when this video comes out. Empire Magazine sent a tweet out kind of teasing something for Friday at 5 p.m. Yeah. So I don't know. Depending on what that is, maybe there will be an Indiana Jones video out tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, definitely possible. Uh, but yeah, the answer is yes. Like I, I was going to do an Indiana Jones week as we led into Indy 5, and then it kept getting delayed. So I just have three Indiana Jones videos done. Waiting to Waiting, waiting for to that go. movie to come out. Yeah. I will definitely do a trailer breakdown or something when it comes out. It's like, I don't think there's going to be a lot to really analyze the way I can a Star Wars trailer, but still, like, I'm excited for Indy 5. I'm going to talk about it. I mean, it sounds to me like a perfect opportunity to continue your everything i love series about all the indie movies because i need to rewatch them it's been a while since i've watched them all yeah yeah that that'd be a good thing to do for indie week or whatever yeah we could even do commentaries for patreon mm -hmm. just but yes the answer is i want to cover more indiana jones i plan to especially if they do I, uh they threw out some of the rumored projects like an abner series or was it just a ravenwood series something like that there's a video game coming. So there is indie content to be covered, and mm -hmm. I will probably do it. That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. The Q&A post will come out on Wednesday this coming week, which is abnormal, but we wanted to make it all about Andor, and we'll be answering questions about that next Saturday. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.